hello, hello. That's us, eh? Anyway, take your pick, but don't make the pregnant ladies sit on the... Yeah, yeah, sad. Watch out. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. Oh, yeah, a little bit all the way at the back there. <laughs> awesome, awesome. It's really awesome to have um, Hohepa and also Janique. Am I saying your name right, Kari? Janique, yep. Join us up here this afternoon. Um, for our, our last corridor, and we're actually going to record this one. Um, so you'll see the cameras, the girls have set the cameras up, and we're going to use the microphone just for the purpose of recording, but also not shouting. Um, we're just going to be choice. So just a general corridor about a business with these three amazing Māori-owned brands um, that are making waves in Aotearoa. So same sort of thing, we'll just enjoy the corridor and, and we'll have opportunity for Pātai at the end. Um, as well, so we'll crack into it, eh? You guys ready for ya? Ready to go? All right, we're all on. So we'll start off, we'll give, um, obviously everyone's met Aroha already earlier from the, the panel, and we'll give um, Hohepa or Hori and um, Janika a bit of opportunity to introduce themselves. So why don't you go first? Yeah, Ho, here you go. Okay. Just for the for the recording, we know you got big waha. Ah, kia ora. Ah, kia ora tātou. Uh, uh Hirine or Natikahuniki Wadarapa. Uh me Nati Torangatira and I call Hohipa Tokiwingwa. Um and I I'm Hori <laughs> or Hori. Um that's my partner hiding somewhere, Mia. Um and and yeah, we have the Hori Gallery um studio in Otaki. Um so that's where we hail from. And we started, I started this in uh, 10 years ago, in 2012. Um, and, and yeah, that's how long I feel like an old man now in this business, but got plenty more left in me. Um, yeah. Kapai, Kia ora, lovely to have you here. Yotene, um, why don't you introduce yourself? Atena tato. Um, he uri tēnei no Ngāti Porau, um, and I started Waiapu Road. Oh, it'll be turning two next month. Yeah, haven't been in the game that long, but um, I'm a mama, I'm a wife, and a business owner and a counsellor at a Kurakaupapa Māori. Um, yeah, that's, that's all really about me. Yeah, choice. We'll dig into it um, a bit more too as we go. And Aroha, did you want to introduce yourself again or anything else you want to share with the whanau? Otherwise I can ask oh, you no, the first question. Oh, no, it's fine. <laughs> little white maybe? I've already introduced myself. Little, no. uh, do a little reel for us? No, no, I'm good. Lip sync? <laughs> stop, stop putting me on the spot like that. <laughs> Sorry, cut it. So first question, we're going to ask the question across the board, but what does success in business look like for you? What does a successful business mean for Aroha or my moa? Uh, success for me is providing value for like a niche or community while also, yes, yeah, supporting or providing financial freedom for my whanau, uh, all while doing something that I'm super passionate about. So that to me is what success is in business. Awesome. We're going to ask that question across to, to everyone. Um, I think success for me is being Māori in business um, while also 
inspiring. Well, because I work in, I work with rangatahi, and so it's really important for me to find ways to help inspire rangatahi where I can, um, and also the same um, financial freedom for my whanau. Awesome. How about you, Ehoa? I had a bit longer to think about it. Um, I, I I don't know. I had I just thought about my mate Jackson, and um, he was always a real entrepreneur. He was one of my surfing mates, and he'd always say, <laughs> he'd always say, Corey, if you're not living on the edge, bro, you're taking up too much space. And I think when I think about uh, what we tried to do with our co-papa, is to do both. <laughs> so to kind of, we live on those kind of edges, but we. As a Māori kaupapa, we also try to take space. Um, and that's kind of, when we're successful in doing our mahi, it's about doing that. It's about pushing our kaupapa out further. Um, yeah, it's always, that's how I, I don't see it for the for the money side of it. I, I never did. Um, so I was so poor for so very long. Um, but yeah, that just come comes with it. Um, but yeah, it's more about for for me, it's about that that kaupapa and and just keep pushing it, pushing those boundaries. I suppose. Yeah, yeah beautiful. I um I love asking that question, especially to Maori in business, because you never ever hear them say it's about being a millionaire, about being a billionaire. It's never driven by the profit. The profit's there, but it's not the main reason how people get into business. And I think as a business owner, to know what success looks like to you is so important because it will help you in your direction and your decision-making um, and the way that you do what you do. So next question, we'll start with you. You have a little bit of time to think this time. Um, share, us, share with us like one or two of your biggest failures and what you learnt from that. Oh. Ten years, oh. there'll be a lot in there, but maybe There's the recent ones if so you want. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. There's so many. Oh, man. Uh... Probably in the beginning, um, was thinking that I could do it all by myself. Uh, yeah, so that was a major um, one. I was like, I just started off. Oh yeah, I can do this with just all my surfing mates and snowboard mates, and and then it started to go further, and I, and then people, more people started to order stuff, and then I had a website, and more people started to order stuff, and it was just me um, with this little side gig, and I got lost. <laughs> And all of it, yeah. And I, um, yeah, pretty much was like, oh, wait, I actually need some help here. Um, so, yeah, then it started, yeah. That then was you married Mia and she sorted and it out. And then she sussed everything out. <laughs> but for, I'm not going to lie, that was um, that was a major when Mia came in. Um, I, I wanted to get out of the clothing stuff. Um, and she was more of the fashion designer I just wanted to go back to doing the art. Um, that's where my kind of stuff lied. Um, and so when Mia came in, um, the clothing was like our bread and butter. And I didn't really even think think like that. I just wanted to do the, the artwork and the cool shit. Um, so when she came in and was like, right, this is actually how it's going to go. This is how I think that, that was massive for me. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of three years after I I started the Haughty label. I was like, I realised we we're in a real fashion, like high-end fashion. I don't know how the fuck I ended up there. 
uh, I started with like t-shirts and stuff, and then next minute I'm at like New Zealand Fashion Week doing like high end like streetwear to like really. When Mia came on, we did like silks and like these beautiful like you know people had to spend like a couple grand on a dress to buy it. Like it was quite a high end thing, and I was like, fuck. And it just wasn't my. It wasn't me. I was like, ah, oh. I kind of. So we dialed it back a bit. We dialed it back heaps, and it was actually the best decision we ever did. Um, was to go, you know, actually take it back to just the, the 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 things that worked, and um, yeah. So basically, yeah, Mia saved saved the day. Yes. Um, for us. Yeah. Wahine Māori always fix it up, eh? Kapai. How about you, Janik? Um, share with us one of your f- biggest failures and what you learnt from it. Mine, mine is similar. Um, it was thinking that I could do everything. And because me and my husband work across a lot of different kaupapa, like he's in council, we had a barbershop, then we had Waipu Road, and then our kids, it was, I thought I could do all of it and I burnt out really quickly and so it was about um, I think setting boundaries for myself because I I just thought oh well we always go 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 we can just we can manage but as Waipu Road grew it grew beyond um, the capacity that I thought it would at the time and so um, it it was really I really burnt out quickly, so it was about setting boundaries and, um, yeah, just, like, reining it in a bit and focusing on just what I can do and getting help for the things that I couldn't do, which has been a game-changer for us, yeah. So what do those boundaries look like for you now? Um, They look like giving myself a time to finish mahi. Otherwise, I'll just go... There were times that I was going all the way into, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning every day because there was no one else to pack my orders it was me or or no one you know um so it was giving myself a schedule to f- start and finish mahi and then also making sure that I'm giving enough time firstly to my whanau to my babies um but yeah the, the main boundary setting was for myself and putting little things in like um you know if people have questions they have to email Waipu Road, or they have to, you know, little little boundaries like that. Otherwise, it was just it was too much for me. But yeah, yeah, awesome. And I've seen that on your socials, eh? Um, inquiries by email only, and it's those little things that can help you. Yeah. Hey, Jazz, we we're talking about that earlier. Help you control it. Kapai, how about you, Ehoa? Yeah, my answer was actually the same thing. But I'll think of something else that um, I don't know if I'd call it a failure, but it was it's definitely like a weakness. Um, but it was when I started out and I just, because I was so passionate about what I was putting out into the world, I just assumed everyone else would love it too, um, which that's just me being an optimist. So it's a weakness, but it's also a strength. Um, but yeah, when I launched, I was like, oh, I hope I have enough products and, um, yeah. And then launch day came and it was like crickets. I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, it doesn't work like that. I mean, it might for some people, but it didn't for me. So I'm being real honest. But it was, yeah, trying to figure out, okay, I love my products. How can I tell my story and show other people or convince them that, yeah, 
my products are awesome. You'll love them too. Um, and not just buying into the products, but into my co-papa. Um, yeah, so I had to figure that out pretty fast. <laughs> you ended up selling them though? Eventually, yeah. <laughs> took a while. It takes time. Um, I think I was just so optimistic that I was like, oh, ah, yeah, this shouldn't take too long. But for some businesses, yeah, it's it's the real grind. That first year is, is tough. Mm, it is a... I always like listening to people's failures. I don't know what it, if I'm sadistic, but I find them in, I find them more inspiring than the wins sometimes because it it just humanizes the experience and helps you realize that you're not alone. And those demoralizing moments that we all have them, and it's the fortitude to get through them. And I love listening to how people handle that. It makes me gives me the energy to go again. So I'm going to take some boundaries on board. But since you got the mic, we'll start with you this time, Aroha. So what do you love the most about running a business? Yeah, um, being my own boss and setting my own rules. Uh, there's no rules, honestly. Like when you own your own business, you can do whatever you want, which is terrifying because when you've never been in business, you have no no idea what you're doing. But yeah, I love it. I love the challenge of setting my own rules. And if I if I don't align with something, um, then I scrap it. Or if there's a product that doesn't work out, scrap it. Um, so I, yeah, I love that I can follow my wairua a lot. Well, I pretty much always, that's how I do life. Um, and that's what I transfer into into my pakihi is, yeah, if it, if it aligns with me and if it feels right, then... I say yes, and I love that I have that freedom to do that as as, as the owner. No bosses, eh? What about you, Hori? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, we always, you know, I had some pretty amazing mentors kind of going through this. And, um, it was always about the manumutuhake and that dream of having it. Um, and for me, as yeah, you know, we were a, a tiny little shop in Otaki, um, and we were the only shop there that didn't have hours on the door, and um, people couldn't fucking stand it. They're so locked into like, and it wasn't just the people that were coming to shop. It was like the shops that were around us. They hated it. Yeah, they just like, what do you mean? It was just like, well, we just decolonized our hours, and we come in whenever we want, and they no one could get it. They eh? they were just like, well, fuck, we've got kids, we can. We don't have to open. We're just, like, me and Mia, we just have to, like, fuck it, let's just go to the beach. And we're like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> and you get, like, people messaging you, we're at the door, but we're like, oh, fuck, sorry. Um, but now it's it's interesting because our, you know, we've moved our studio to our home and it's, you know, our we've got a, our cafe um, and our studio all at the beach now. So we can't, everyone knows that we're home because <laughs> uh, we live in the back. So, but it's it's cool. It's that whole kind of thing of you know, manamutihaki is about everyone. It's you know, it's about your community. It's everyone. Um, it's not so solely about you. And we're lucky enough in our town here that you know it's like that kind of community. Like they all like hang out at our house. Um, but again, like you, yeah, it's setting those boundaries and we have sometimes those boundaries get really crossed and we end up some random in our house. But um, <laughs> we're trying to, <laughs> yeah, we're like, ah, oh, bro, you know you're not supposed to be in here. Eh? But um, it, we'll get it, we're clicking there, we're getting there. But um, 
yeah, it just wafted off. Um, that's kind of what. Yeah, you get to you get to do whatever the fuck you like, and that's yeah. And I think from working in other jobs where you have to put up with someone constantly telling you to do shit, and I'm not that person. I me is probably gonna laugh now. <laughs> but um yeah I yeah I just like oh well get to do whatever whenever yep um I really love the freedom to create and and it's the same kind of thing like you can do whatever you want to do you can you cannot like if if you don't like something you don't have to do it but I love the freedom to create and there's something really well for me anyway there's something quite um therapeutic and, and healing about being able to put your love and your way to it into something and, and bring it to fruition. So that's something that I really, really enjoy. Um, and I enjoy, yeah, the same thing, like not, I'm the boss. And because um, I, it was my husband that had the business before YP Road, like his own business, and I was always in the background of his, um, helping him, and but it was never mine. And so to come into Waipu Road and it be mine was something new, but something really exciting, and I, and I love that. Yeah. That's beautiful, man. You can tell entrepreneurs, I hate being told what to do by anyone else. <laughs> I'm the same. I was useless at work because I just was always arguing with my boss. Anyway, um, next question. We'll start with you, Janique. Um, what has been most challenging for you, and how have you overcome that? Um, balance. It's kind of like the same thing as like setting boundaries. It's really, it's a fine act balancing um, your life, especially when you've got whānau. We've got three, soon to be four kids. Um, and trying to fit everything in and make sure, I, I really struggle because sometimes I have to mahi longer than I can spend time with my whānau and I feel guilty. So it's, it's really trying to find the way to... Um, balance everything so that that's what I found the hardest and I think will be a constant struggle um because I I always want to be an owner that's involved in you know everything that Waipu Road is doing I never want to step back but I don't know how I could you know like I'm still trying to figure it out but yeah balance for me Kapai, over to you Aroha challenges um, yeah, balance was probably the biggest one, but just to add to that, um, I think valuing my time and my, my resources and the knowledge that I have, like, we all have, you know, particular skill set or something to offer, um, and learning to value that or, or even monetize it without feeling guilty, so for so long I would happily share stuff for free, which I was just so passionate about it that I'm totally capable doing that. But kind of getting to a point realising, oh, am I still being able to provide for my whānau by doing this? Or am I just doing it because I'm passionate about it and I want to share it? Um, and trying to, yeah, shift to a more business-like mind um, and being like, well, how can I monetize this so that, yes, I can still do what I love, but value my time? Um, and that's been a real struggle because... You know, sometimes you get, well, fuck a mile, you're like, oh, because it's not about the money for me. It, it never was, but I'm like, I still have a mortgage to pay. I still have a whānau to provide for and valuing that, um, but not making it the forefront. So it's not like you're straight up just asking for people's money, 
but saying, hey, if you value what I'm sharing, you know, like, come halfway sort of thing. Yeah, so that's probably been one of the biggest challenges. Yeah, that's such a good point. Say, how many of us struggle to put a value on on our time, our resources, our investments that we've done to get to where we are? It's a real common, eh? How about you? I'm sure you got some choice ones to share with us. Um, yeah, it, the, for me it was um, taking heat from my own people. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was massive because some of the co-papa that we deal with is, um, you know, I'm not shy to kind of put some of the my facado out there um, with it with it pieces of art. Um, <clears throat> and in the beginning, um, it was hard to take the brunt from not only like our own people, but like my Fano. <laughs> so like, um, you know, on some different pieces that we did, um, that may have looked of con- kind of colonial ideas that might be entrenched within our own culture, um, that some of our pe- own people don't actually realise. So, especially living in Otaki. Um, which you know is a lot like Rotorua and in those towns, it's um, pretty hearty. So when you're having these kōrero, um you know you really you don't rack up um, you rack up your own people because they start questioning uh, bits and pieces about what their tikanga and their kawa is. Um, so yeah, I, that was a real challenge for me to. Um, to be able to stand there and take that, um, f- especially from kind of Komatua, um, that were like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, um, and <laughs> I was just like, wow, here's my facade. This is where I'm coming from, whether it was a piece of art. Um, and then having to take that back. And I f- as an artist, you just had, especially in my kind of mahi, um, I just have to, I just had to learn how to take that on the chin. Um now though, kind of, if I think ten years after the last, the first kind of collections that I brought out, I'm very much aware, and I, I'm quite like our co-papa and our, the foundations that I stand on. I've, I've got more. I think I've got more. I definitely have more kind of money to be like, nah, fuck you. This is what I. This is this is seriously what I believe. Like, have you ever thought about this? Like, and try and offer comparisons to what they kind of can see. Um, back then I was probably a little bit more whakama and in that kind of, you know, tua kanataina, like kaumatua, pepe, like yeah. you just, you know, in a in a town like that, some of you guys must have, might have grown up in them, it's like what your queer and, and your koro said, you don't fucking, you never went back on that, even though that what they might have said could have been not the go. Um, or the tahi, you just kind of like, yep, you're sweet. Um, but yeah, when you have a kind of hotutu like myself, that starts to kind of question that. Um, that was the biggest challenge yeah. in this in the business, well, in this in what I do. Yeah, yeah. building yep. the Hori Empire, eh? Well, yeah, whatever that looks like. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's that was massive. And you can see it, I think, like in the kopapa that you're taking on now and the confidence and the boldness you walk in, um, whether you follow the mahi that, that Hori does or not, um, he's taking on really big issues in a really bold way. 
um, and out putting himself out there for all those hits to come. But it doesn't look like it phases you. If it, I mean, I'm sure it does in some way. And hope that as as a whanau, we could be here to support you even and oh, and no. fuck, you know, um, lift you up in that space. Help but me. but no. yeah, it's mean to see. It's mean to see the scale that you can influence now after all those hits. Eh? And you kind of got to go through that journey, thicken your skin up a bit, and yeah, and all yeah. that. But I love your like just to take a moment. I love the story of how your brand name came about. Right. Do you want to share that with everyone about where the hori came from? Uh, yeah, so I, you know, grew up at, you know, I was a kohanga kura kid um, and then I went to a secondary school that was a Pākehā school and I was like kind of one of three Māori in my boarding form and I knocked my front teeth out. I got it. <laughs> and um, because my name was Hōhepa, um, that automatically was like, fuck you look hoary bro, like, and that name stuck with me. And I fucking hated that name so much. Um, so, yeah, for many years I kind of just hated it. And then it's about kind of reclaiming uh, that kupu, kino, that kind of derogatory term. Um, and with it, because it's a challenging name in itself, um, is offering that widow um, to other people and kind of spinning that. That's why the, the R in it is spun. Um, I actually have to take some influence there from Corn. It was a band back in the <laughs> in the nineties. You babies might not remember, but um, they were fucking awesome. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that was the whole Fakato was the spin, um, turn the narrative, um, and that's the kind of Fakato is that ch- switch that narrative round, and then you know throw that wet at at whoever's looking at it, and um, and yeah, that's kind of. But to do quite positive, challenging mahi with it, mm. with that ingoa that I hated so much. So, yeah, now I kind of own it. and Yeah. Personify it, eh? Love that. Beautiful. All right, we'll come back over to the wahine on this side. Next question. We've got two more questions and then we're coming out to you guys. So, um, What are you most proud of from your business journey? Oh, that's easy for me. It's the name. Yeah. It's why I provide it. It's... Um, uh, you guys probably know why Road is thirty five, like thirty five. The song, um, that's why Road. and so I grew up on that road. That's where our homestead is. That that's home for me. And so to hear and see Waipa Road everywhere, overseas, that's like that makes my heart so happy. So that's what I'm most proud of. Yeah, yeah is is putting my little like <laughs> our 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 homestead's a shack. Like it doesn't. You know, but I had I have the most fond memories. Like best time of my life was on that strip of road, and so um, yeah, to see that everywhere is is massive for me. Yeah. How have people like reacted to Waipu Road as a taking it on as a brand name? Have people been supportive? Or? Yeah, I've not had any. I've I've never had any like raru from anyone. Um, Everyone's loved it, really. Everyone on the coast. I haven't had anyone be um, upset about it, and if anything, they're more proud. Yeah, probably wish they thought of it first. Though. Yeah, yeah, because I I didn't know what my name was going to be when I started it out, and then one day it just it just clicked, and I said to my mum, "I'm going to name my Pakehi um, Waipu Road," and that was it. Mm. So yeah, that beautiful. Good yeah. boy. What are you most proud of, Aroha? 
Yeah, mine's probably similar to Janique in, in the sense that it has nothing to do with the products themselves. But um, I'm really proud of the community that I've created on my Instagram especially. Um, just the, yeah, the amount of feedback I get from followers who share their stories and how them being connected to what I share online has really helped them on their journey. And I'm like, that's that's worthy of being proud of, you know, like being a part of someone else's journey and knowing that I've made a difference for them. Like the amount of people that have messaged saying, you're the reason I went and signed up to a class. So I'm like, those are the like my most favourite messages to receive. They make my day. Um, yeah, so I'm proud of that community that I've created organically. Since we're kind of a little bit on this topic, why don't you share a little bit about what it's been like for you having a, a Māori kaupapa in your business and the um, amount of challenges that you've had from other Māori in, in the products that you create. What's that been like? Oh, maybe a little bit of tell people the story behind it and then what it's been like for you. Yeah, uh, so the story of how it started. Mike. Yeah, because oh, um, you get a lot of people that challenge like when you use whakatauki, right, and... Yeah, or to like be that, fair, like, I mean, similar to what Hori was saying about, yeah, you'll, you'll get people, your own people challenge you. I actually, yeah, I take, there's a lot of weight to that when I hear criticism or, or feedback from Māori. Because to me, I'm like, that's a really big responsibility. I'm not just representing my brand. I'm representing my culture and my tūpuna. So I don't take that lightly. Um but it, it, ha- it hasn't actually happened often. If anything, the most slack I've gotten is from Pākehā that just aren't a fan of Te Reo Māori being shared. But it's the people that they'll find me through reels because reels get shown to just random people. So the people that don't follow me, so like, who's this chick speaking Te Reo Māori in my face? I don't want to watch this. And they'll take time to leave a message. <laughs> like, just stop. Just don't watch it. Um, yeah, but those ones are really easy to ignore because I'm like, well, I don't really, I don't care about you. <laughs> like, I don't really care about that, their opinion. Um, but yeah, if Māori hit me up um, in a respectful manner, then I really listen because I respect what you know their perspectives have. Even if I may not agree, um, it's helped me grow and actually be like, oh, actually, you do have a point. Uh, maybe I should change the way I, I share things or the kind of products that I make. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. That humility as well. I eh? sometimes just got to suck it up, admit that you did something wrong and, and learn from it. Kapai, what are you um, most proud of, Hori? Um, I'm proud of me. <laughs> no, be a Snoop Dogg here, but um, <laughs> proud of Mia and, and what we've done. Yeah. No, nah, it was... Um, I mean, fuck, yeah. I wouldn't in a million years thought I'd be able to do what I get to do. Um, and getting paid is, is just a part of it. Um, but, you know, for artists, and, and you know, I'm pretty proud of all the kind of artists that um, that make that jump um, to go from, you know, an artist that are doing your mahi and keeping it to yourself or whatever and then they make that step to put it out onto the <laughs> and let everyone have a go at it. Um, yeah, especially um, Māori artists that are, fuck, there's so many. There's one that's sitting across over there I just saw and um, I didn't even know it was there but, um, you know, 
is this yeah all of those artists that are just going out and going you know what fuck this is um it's kind of make or break or that's kind of where I was you know I was teaching art and design you know I was a kind of design teacher at school and was realized that I had no patience for kids uh, <laughs> I love my kids uh, <laughs> but a um, hundred other people's kids um, yeah I knew I kind of was like fuck I'm so over this um, yeah so when we decided me and Mia were like fuck, let's okay we're going hundy this is us um, I'm pretty proud of what we did um, you know we constantly talk about the cheese years but we had to like give up so much, you know, move in with my parents, with all of our kids, you know, uh, just to open the shop and, you know, working just shit jobs just to, you know, and then when we finally were like, okay, this is it. This is just us from now on. Um, so, yeah, to, to, to all artists that kind of make that jump, it's, it's a hard thing to do. I've been luckier than, than many. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty proud of, of that of that kind of of that part of the journey. Yeah. Yep. That's, I love that. I love that. And man, how many of those stories do we have, right? Of all the things that you have to give up in order to I remember my first year in, in business, I went into self employment in like October. And that summer was like my first summer of having like where you get no work because no one in Aotearoa does anything and you get no invoices paid and you go kind of two months with no income. Oh, I learned all the ways to cook one cabbage. <laughs> Tell you what, like I never, never went back that, that broke again after that. I learned my lesson. Plan for summer. Anyway, next, last question and then we're coming out to you guys. Um, who are your key influencers or mentors? Who do you look up to or... Or follow, or have played a really big part in in your business or your products and stuff like that. Um, pretty much any business that is strongly values based. Like I just really look up to anyone that has a really yeah strong co papa that they bring it back to. So everyone sitting up here. Um, another one that I'd like to mention is Aho Creative. I, I really admire how they do business. You know they break the mold. They don't do. You know, there's obviously there's lots of industry standards for certain businesses and, you know, ways to make money the fastest or easiest way. But, yeah, businesses that put their values first regardless, I really admire. Um, so I follow them and take a lot of inspiration from them. Awesome. How about you, Janik? Um, It's probably, it's my grandparents. And they've got no experience in business at all. But um, what I see in them is, is a lot the same. It's it's the values and they remind me constantly. They just keep me grounded in everything that I do. And so they're like my life mentors. And I, even though they're not, even though they don't have businesses, they keep me on track when I run my parking. So they, they keep me grounded and they keep my my values in place and so if I know that <laughs> if I know that I'm always following them I know that I'm on the right you know my I'm on the right track kind of thing um and then yes yeah, it's, it's fellow it's other business owners I mean I really love the community the Maori community of businesses it's like really tight-knit and everyone supports each other and and we can go to each other for support and I love that but yeah my grandparents and other businesses 
Where does your like inspiration for your products come from? For your kakahu? Oh, from home. So like a lot of people say, Oh, where do you get your style from? And this is how we've always dressed, me, my mum, my whanau. And if you go if you go home to the coast, to the east coast, it's a we dress a lot the same and so that's that's where the inspiration for my kaku has come from, yeah. Beautiful. All right, Hohepa, who are your um key influences or mentors? Um, so artist artist wise? Yeah. I'm um so three off the top of there's so many, but three off the top on my head would be like uh Shane Cotton. Um was massive influence me. Um Michael Parekofai is like the top dog, I suppose, in those <laughs> I don't know. Um and Ralph Hortere was um my absolute favourite. Um yeah and and I kind of a lot of work that, that especially with Kupu and like using like um words and um I think I draw from from that kind of that that spot. Um and I'm and I'm pretty lucky enough to work with one of my mentors as well. So Tummy is pretty much business wise as well. The guy's an absolute shark. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's he's got many two hoi fingers and pies, but uh, <laughs> um, but his work ethic, I think, is um, is I've, I've not seen someone work like that. It's just uh, yeah, he's a seven-year-old man that works harder than anyone I've ever seen, um, and I don't know how he does it. Like, I literally don't know how he can. So massive. Um, like mahi wise is to kind of to work like that um i think he just does those massive coral naps like always in the realm of rungo when he's still sitting up and then he just come kind of just yeah so you know he's same thing he can be up till like three thirty, four o'clock and then he'll go to sleep wake up at seven or six and start his day and i just like yeah i find myself like i'll do that i'll i'll Sleep, I'll wake up at four and I'll be like, all right. And I might work to like six and then I'll like go to sleep and I'll wake up at like 7.30. So I'm real weird like that. Um, and building myself to kind of be like, yeah, to work kind of like that. I work better at those times. It's real shit. But the best stuff comes out. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just trying to, yeah, work at times when, yeah. Anyway, I'll wrap it on. When you I'll can, stop. eh? Um, I think all three of those artists, um, Rakatari, Atikina Tera Pukapuka Pango, there's a, a book up there on the wall that I think all three of those artists, Shane Cotton, Michael Parikofai, and Ralph Fortere. Um, yeah, heaps of you guys from um, Tamaki. Did you get to go see the show? Toy, or oh, Toy 2, Toy It was which absolutely is amazing. I, um, I flew up here um, and for the last day got to see it. Um, and I felt robbed. beautiful way. Eh? Um, yeah, I only spent a few hours and I was like running around. Like, <laughs> but you could have spent like a week in there. It was, um, get have a look at that book. That book's actually pretty stunning. Yeah. Um, Are you in there? <laughs> no, not yet, eh? Next they time. wouldn't do that. Next time. <laughs> They'd never put me in. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> no, no. That, um, no. Um, but yeah, some of the... The pieces in there 
um, heaps of my mates are in that. Um, and yeah, it was really cool to go and, and see it. Um, hopefully they do it again. Did anyone see it here? Oh, you yeah. did? Oh, awesome. We went through. It was beautiful. There's a whole Auckland Art Gallery, so it was big. It was every floor, every area. It was beautiful. Um, one of my key mentors or oh, influences as a young creative growing up in Rotorua, I grew up in Rotorua as well, um, is in there Robin Kahukua. And I remember as a young wahine Māori there, you did not see or hear about um, wahine at all, anywhere, unless it was at home um, or at the marae or something, but, you know, just in, in school and every day. But Robin Kahukua was the one um, as an artist that was depicting um, wahine atua um, and just wahine forms and stuff like that. And I used to just, like, scroll through her book time and time and time again, that book wahine tour. And so for the first time ever, I saw that hene titama um, painting that she did, like, right there in front of me. I didn't realise how big it was, um, and it was still just as stunning, like, all those years later from when I was at school. I'm looking at it, wishing I could draw like her. <laughs> when you see it in your mind, eh, it doesn't come out your hand. You're like, oh, shame. <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful exhibition and a beautiful book. Yeah. All right, that's all questions from me. Partai time. Who's going to go first? And what we will do, we might get a little runner. Lux, if you could do this. Just so we can record it, if you can ask your question into the microphone. Who's first? He's trying to be polite and give someone else a turn. I can yeah, see his arm. I was trying to not to ask a question first, but um, thank you all for your corridor. Um, Hohepa, um, a question for you. Um, the the transit, I think you kind of spoke, touched on it a little bit around the sacrifices you had to take to make that step. Um, I guess it's for all, really, but I'm sure we don't want to take up all by my question is the the key steps fundamental steps that got you to that next platform are there any kind of key milestones or things that happened um, within that that time frame that that helped get you to the, to the next stage to the ne next level um <laughs> i just looked at me then <laughs> we couldn't have picked a worse time to make that decision like literally we were, um, I wasn't pregnant, but Mia was pregnant with our fourth child. Um, we had a three, a two-year-old, um, a 15-year-old, uh, sorry, 13, 12, and then another 16-year-old girl with us. So it was like, yeah, it, there was no, there's no good time. It, uh, me and my mates have this thing where whenever we would go surf, um, we call it the fuck it attitude. Uh, and it got made up because um, we'd turn up and a spot would be massive and we'd all look at each other. And I was the biggest nidu out of all of them. Uh, and I, I hated it. And they'd be like, oh, well, fuck it. And we'd all have to get changed together and, and we'd go out anyway. And, you know, so that was a thing where it, just, it was fuck it. It's it's basically like we we're just gonna do it, um, no matter what. Um, we were lucky to have a like a real amazing Fano, and I suppose everyone, um, well not everyone, but yeah, they were able to support us in doing it. Um, and they still there, you know, mum and got the kids today, so we could come up here. Um, so we were really 
fortunate for that. Um, but my like start, yeah, I just knew it would work. Like I knew it would work. I just needed time to make it work. Yeah, and even in like the first exhibition I ever did in Aotearoa was like two thousand fourteen. We came back, we came back for an exhibition here, and um, I just knew it would work. It like it would just need just take a bit of time to happen, um, and then when I got to like that two thousand sixteen fifteen, I was just like, "Fuck! I need to be doing this full time for it to work faster." <laughs> And yeah, it took probably about a couple of years after that, and we finally like paid ourselves for the first time ever, and that was only like maybe three years ago. We finally were like, "Oh right, we can pay ourselves." Fuck. <laughs> and um, yeah, there's never there's never a good time to do it. You just gotta be like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna do it." Yeah, that's just for me though. Thank you. What were the steps you take to? Um, uh, launching your own business, any key steps that you can speak to and propelling you to that level where you can um, call yourself a business and, and make that, um, that the money. Cow, 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 cow. <laughs> We got some more pate? Surely. Surely. Cool. Oh, I know. Kia ora whanau. I'm called Leon Ahau. Um, my question is kind of around uh, that question. Um, and it's, uh, is it important to have your whanau and your people around you um, support you? To Obviously, like for me, that's... <laughs> a big thing but um yeah how is that uh, i suppose for anybody up here um who, who are those people um and yeah does that you know i i do know some uh, examples where um uh, a family member who doesn't care what his family thinks and just goes for it um, but for me i'm a little bit more reserved and i kind of um take into account that but um, I'm, I'm just wondering, wondering how you guys have gone about it um, my my whanau are my worst critics but my biggest supporters like they really oh, sometimes I've cried like <laughs> they don't know I've cried but I'm like fuck you guys <laughs> um, but I take that and I away <laughs> like it, it depends what it is if that if it's um sometimes it, it depends which whānau member it's coming from to be honest not all of them I care what they think if I if I think that a lot of a lot of them <laughs> didn't think Waipu Road was gonna be anything you know um some of them joked about it some of them really supported it um but I think it was up to me like do I believe in it and am I gonna Am I going to listen to them and, and not take that step, or am I going to just stay in the same space? And I, and I took the step. And like even now, my nan's like, "What's that dress?" You know, like <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. They don't, they don't love everything that I make, but um, but they love me. 
the, and I think oh, I, I don't know, but for my that's how my whānau is, and, and that's how I know them to be. And and I and a lot of the things I take in, but I don't I don't let it stop me from pursuing things unless it's something really serious. But for my paki, like I <laughs> I'm the one that's been in business for you know ten plus years. And so when they give me business advice, but none of them have businesses, I'm just like, oh, you know. But, um, yeah, they're my biggest critics, but my biggest supporters. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar, whereas I don't really go to them for business advice, but I definitely lean into them for just support because obviously, like, we have a young whanau, so there's been times where my parents have stepped in and they've, you know, babysat the tamariki for a weekend just to give us a break. One last summer, my mum came over for a whole day and just packed orders for me. She did a terrible job, but it was so not like just her heart to help. And it doesn't mean, like Janique said, they don't have to love your products, but if they support you just as a whānau member, they'll still be there for you and they'll help out where they can. And I think it's really, I mean, you don't have to have that support, but it makes it so much easier. Um, so yeah, it's believing in yourself um, and not expecting your whānau to love everything that you do or necessarily even think you'll be successful. Um, but just knowing that they've got your back is is huge, like just for a confidence boost. Yeah. Um. Yeah, whānau's, what? yeah, awesome. Uh, we've actually gone the other way and we've kind of just started a printing business um, and the old man is now taking care of that. So now we're dealing with the other side of it is that we're like <laughs> having these like, nah bro, this is how you do it. Like, and he's, uh, he's you know, quite a toe tangata, like real toe, quite like yourself, like you just said you're not, you know, um, so when it comes to business and like, you know, I'm real blunt and probably a bit more ruthless than Mia is, um, but Mia can be ruthless as well. But you know, with printing stuff, you know, uh, guys trying to take take my old man for a ride, and yeah, we had to step in and be like, "Look, motherfucker, we know that this costs this much. Um, this is what we're paying. That's it." And it saved my old man two grand, like little things like that. Um, just for buying uh, stuff that we needed to print. So, yeah, we're getting into that, and um, they're taking over the printing side. Um, that they've, they've already started printing for us. Um, so now we're, like, working with Fano, which might be a, not a great idea. <laughs> but I, I think once they sort it out, the, yeah, they take us out of the picture, and um, we just send them an order. And we just get the talk on Sundays for dinner, um, but yeah, they they are amazing. Our Alfano, yep. Next party, jazz over here. Papai lux. Ah, kia ora, tuku ahi ahi. Yeah, ahi I was, I'm in my first year of existing, and when um, I came out, I was with a lot of. People like we all had like 300 followers, but now I've kind of gone up and I've hit like quite a bit. 
And I've found that some of my friends will only want to hang out with me if I'll say I'll do a workshop with them. And then um, when I say no, it can turn into quite a dark situation. And I personally take my friendships and losing friendships really hard. And my partner's like, you need to let it go. You're being toxic. And I'm like, it's just hard. How do you deal with losing friendships when they can't accept your success? I think is the question. (laughs) I think it's not losing friendships if they're not happy for you. Um, They've lost you. I I feel like if your friends can't be happy for your successes, then they're not real friends. But but I I also understand that that, that's hard and that's mamai, but... um, That, that I, I'm I'm much like your partner. Like my husband, take oh, we all take our friendship seriously. But I'm I always cheer for my friends or just anyone in general, and I'm always happy for their successes. But I don't want to only hang out with them because of what they can do for me. Do you know? Like it's got to be. Yeah, like, it really hurt me it. when it yeah. all happened, and I was like, "You dropped me because I wouldn't do a wananga with you because I have more followers," and it. Just hurt a lot. That's mummy, but I think um, yeah, I think that that as you grow, you'll realise you not everyone's coming, um, but you have to be willing to to continue your co-papa and know that even though you even though you might lose some people, you're also going to gain a lot of people that are on the same um wavelength as you. What well, that's my experience anyway, and I and I hope it it works out for you. I think, um, like, my to reflect personally a bit of a journey on that, um, through lockdown for me, I felt like, like being in Tamaki through all those bloody lockdowns, and I actually live on my own, so it was pretty, like, fortifying to have to go through that. And it felt like, for me, it made me think a lot about what was important. Um, I think for a lot of people actually, and uh, I came into like, I remember last year feeling like every year I try and like think of or, or understand a bit of a theme of what I feel is going on for me personally and for our business, um, and I felt like last year it was just this thing of transformation, and this year I feel like it's happened, or I'm, an, I'm now managing the post-transformation, if that makes sense to some degree. And part of that transformation that I've seen that I've gone through was me realigning who I allow into my sphere, whose energy I will brush up against and who... Because there's so many things, especially as business owners, that you do that can drain you in order to make it successful, that you do, you, you're you not an endless flow of energy, and so you need to protect that. And so I, I found that there were quite a few relationships that I'd had in my life for a long time that not out of anything, like, bad, a couple of things that made me realise I don't think this is serving me very well and I don't think I have the energy to invest. I'm gonna t- I'm just going to let that go now. And there's, there's quite a few areas in my life where I just cut things out. And this has all been recently in this past, like, six months. Um, and it's hard. I, I felt like there was a mourning, like a grieving process that you go through because it's the end of something, something that you treasured and something that you held dear to you. But when you understand this is, it's not going to serve me and my purpose and my co-papa moving into the future, um, like, almost, like, make your peace with it and let it go. 
don't hold any animosity towards it. If there needs to be forgiveness, forgive. Because unforgiveness only ever hurts you, not not them. And so I think that it's been encouraging for me now because I feel so much lighter. I feel like I don't have, I feel more empowered to say no to the things that just are going to suck me dry. And I think the more, like you said, the more um, influence you have, the more people will demand of you. And the more that like you just feel constantly pulled at and pulled at and pick it. Can I pick your brains? I'll buy you a coffee. And I'm like, oh, hell, I've got no brains left to pick. Um, so, but you get more empowered to then just be like, no, 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 no. And I do, even just this little bit of time spending with you, Kare, and what I've seen in the way you run your business, your boundaries, and your, I don't care, this is how it is. I mean, I want some more of that. And I feel like being empowered in that and knowing your value and, and, and making that call for you, that, that's where you got to get to. you got to have thick skin in this game, man. You have to. So kakite to those not, not your mates. You don't need them, Kare. Yeah. Any other parts? I feel like Inez had one. Bernie, nay, Kare. Your part you're going to ask. Here comes the mic. Five, four, three. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask something tacky like that, but I no. I think you're all on <laughs> Shopify, eh? Um, Shopify, Shopify. Yep, Shopify yeah. is all right, yeah. All of us. What's something we can do better? Shopify can do better. For you. You could make it free. Nah, kidding. <laughs> nah. Um, I'm actually pretty new to Shopify. I was actually with Squarespace, um, which... <gasps> well, uh, it worked for, you know, for a beginner, but it just it, it wasn't aimed towards e-commerce. Like, it wasn't built specifically for e-commerce websites. Um, so I made the shift, like, a year ago. Best decision. Thank you. Um, yeah, but in terms of doing something better... Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you guys have got it pretty down. I think it's more um, me having to learn how to use all the tools, to be honest. So if you can make it more obvious of what, what <laughs> we, could get, we could get better at. Um, like, I know I've actually read a few blog posts and stuff that I found really helpful on Shopify. But I love that when I sh- shifted to Shopify, um, the amount of data that I had access to compared to what I had, um, was just really insightful. But I there's still so much I need to learn. So I don't know, m- more ways for us to school up on that stuff because I know there's heaps to, to dip into. Can Shopify do better other than free subs? I'm I'm real visual and that's real um when you um come into Shopify's back end it's really witty. Um so that's one of the things that I was on Big Cartel for years and that was one thing that was that I felt was easier f- on that than it was to Shopify was that everything was visual. It was like here's your photo, put your photo here, there's your price that you know, it was really easy to use that way. Um, we have a guy, uh, my mate, that does our Shopify stuff now because, you know, we just had a drop the other day of our new our new collection. You should go and uh, check it out. You should sell it on Cornet. Just, just get that one in there. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, he's in the, like, 
you know, leading up to it, um, you're like, fuck, how's this going to go? But then when it went and I've got someone on hand that I'm like, bro, that's just about run out. You have to top that up. Like, and, you know, those little things are like in the moment. We we had a bit of a thing we're like, fuck, these have actually sold all like and then we'd have to go back and like, how many have we got in stock? And we're like, oh fuck, put another thirty on now, like. So that was like a big night for us, you know. We're up like, just look. It is creepy, eh? What you can see, it's like really. Cre- it's not, yeah. But you just you went for Shopify and you said it's creepy. <laughs> that creeps, man. Um, but what you can see is like, you know, where they're all coming from when they're in the um when they're actually in the, sh- what they're looking at, like where they are in the shop, it's actually quite, uh, yeah. <laughs> and we sit there and watch it and then you can actually go, holy fuck, like we were actually like, and then, you know, we're racing to AS Colour to see um, how much more is in that so we could order it because we, you know, we and we got so much stock, but we didn't, yeah, that's the cool thing about it. Um, that it's it is that creepy, and you can see what's happening, and you can see it live happening in front of you. Yeah, so it's um you're just sitting at the t- like yeah, I turn my notifications off, because um, yeah, but that's the only thing visual, more visual kind of for especially for creatives, they're like, what you know, we can't read all that. <laughs> We can't read. No. <laughs> graphs about as visual as they could get, eh? Mean. All right, well, just to wrap us up, we'll give um, just, I guess, one last opportunity for each of our panel members, like, I guess just some closing comments and what advice would you would you have for the fellow business owners in the room here? Just do it. Do it. Um, don't be scared because I feel like Taking the risk to start a business is the hardest step. Especially if it's something that you're passionate about, just take the step. Because if you don't, you're never going to know how it's going to go. And know that it's not going to be easy. And you are going to make mistakes, but it's all in the building of your story. So um, don't don't give up and, and just take the step. That's beautiful. Uh, this is gonna sound cheesy because it is, but honestly, like believe in yourself. <laughs> but that, like what Hori was saying, like he just he said he's like I just knew it was gonna work, and it was same for me. Even though all I had was I'm just gonna start with greeting cards, which is pathetic. <laughs> Let's be honest. Um, I was like, nah, this is gonna go somewhere, and I believe in that, and I'm gonna make that happen. So believing in yourself, but um, not expecting overnight results because hardly ever happens um so being prepared to put in the mahi because it takes mahi that's beautiful eh? when um when we launched kari maori we had a little friendly bet between myself and aroha and amanda who manages kone for us in mal around like and aroha was like we're gonna sell out in the the pre-sale So she's still learning. <laughs> nah, yeah, she's believing in herself, right? She's like, we're going to sell that in the pre-sale. And we were like, no, we're going to sell it in the first week. But we all had these different bets and then... I had to pay for lunch. Unfortunately, we didn't sell it in the pre-sale. It took her about six months to pay up and take us for lunch. But 
Yeah, I do love your optimism, Mehua. It's, it's inspiring. Um, last words of wisdom, Hohepa. Uh, yeah, get ready to be tired. Um, yeah, and and I think the biggest thing is once you start is like um, you guys have said about finding that balance. You ain't going to find that balance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> these guys have somehow found it. Me and Mia still have not fucking found that balance. Um I am like yeah, I'm in it because I love it. Um, so yeah, I I'm constantly wanting to keep creating and keep and keep going. Um, and I do burn myself out. Um, but yeah, it's 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 hard fucking mahi. It is. It's um, but if you love it and you're fucking on it, it'll work because you'll yeah you're just um. I don't want to sound like that too. Like, just keep trucking. <laughs> You're really showing your age today, corn. Just keep trucking. Um, Love but that. Yeah. All right, I'll leave it with get that trucking. That's hard, mahi. Um, I know for me, balance is hard. Balance is so hard. But something that I um, probably look to more is is like more like rhythm. Um, and seasons and understanding seasons and how they change, understanding your rhythm and how you work and knowing that the balance might not be always having everything equal but the flow between what needs to be done now or what stage you're in now, what you need to do as a startup business is different to when you're 10 years in and you've got 100 things going. There's, um, there's looking for the signs and looking for the seasons and reading that. And I, I think for me that gives me the comfort to not feel like, oh, shit, I'm way out of whack here. Um, I also think about, you know, you're climbing a manga. Building a business is like climbing a manga. Like it's just uphill all the time. Um, but in understanding that you know that the uphill part is where you sweat, where you want to give up, where your mental um, state is challenged and it's not till you reach the peak that you finally can, you know, get the reward and so no no yeah yep see all the rest of them eh but no monga is a easy walk in the park you know and you know that when you're taking it on and so if you understand those seasons and those those moments and what each part needs and make sure you got your backpack with all your all your supplies in it and you're going to be all right you'll get there in the end so yeah awesome what an awesome afternoon eh but it's lovely to have you all here. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, in a in a few minutes, the door's gonna open downstairs. So.